and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 254 of There's No Place Like Terra, Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I'm Nixie. And I'm Grace. And today we're going over Stargate Atlantis. Yes. Season three. I needed a burp as we started and I was like, well, that's going to happen. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. We handled it. Episode 11. Uh-huh. The Return Part 2. Yes. A.K.A. Plan Subterfuge. <laughs> A.K.A. Plan A, B. Always have a plan A, F. B, C, and F. <laughs> Mine, uh, I don't have anything super witty. Mine's just the return of RDA Snarks. Oh, I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. No. Um, well, we might come up with a better one. So I want to take a quick minute for a tiny, tiny... Um, bring it down before we bring it up. Exactly. We got to start. We got to, you know, set... set yes. So... Before I finish my drink, I want to raise a glass. Hundred percent. Um, friend of the show, not our show, but of the Stargate of the show. show. We wish he had been a friend of our show. Yeah, I, I just a friend in general. Yeah, he's the seems greatest gold. Fucking awesome. An amazing guy who lived hard. Uh, yeah. Um, and and unfortunately, uh, passed this week. Cliff Simon. Yep. Um, what a wonderful, wonderful human being. Our ball. Our favorite ball. You know, and it feels so incredibly sad after watching the two episodes we just watched of mm-hmm. SGC. Um, but what an what a kind and interesting and 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 just important human being. Um, I don't know if I'm saying this right, and I don't know what origin this has, but I've always liked this phrase. It's may his memory be a blessing. Yeah, I think, uh, and I apologize for not knowing where it's from, and I apologize if it's offensive culturally for me to say it because I don't know what the culture it is that it comes from. I just, but it's I don't a like good sound a, of it. It's a very touching sentiment. Yeah, don't drink. So Stormy is also just <laughs> raised a glass to Cliff Simon as he. I don't think you want gin from my drink. Um, but what an incredible person, what an incredible life, an incredible career, and yeah. I wish all the best to his family. Because if Wiki is to be believed, um, do, uh, super interesting life, almost, yeah. almost competed in the Olympics in swimming. Yes! Uh, <laughs> um, one, was a performer at the Moulin Rouge? And, and I mean, can can we just my god there was a a mr south africa talented action man competition that he won wowza (laughs) what a cool dude also there's a series i didn't know existed but i really want to find this it aired last year it's either called into the unknown or uncharted mysteries depending on where you are where he traveled around on his own looking for clues to mysteries like the jersey devil the mojave sandman (gasps) and the night marchers i'm gonna watch that there's six episodes and i want it in my face right now what a cool dude like seriously what a cool human being um but he also um he taught like windsurfing and water skiing yeah so um you know unfortunately he he did die while he was out kiteboarding yeah and like there's also that little bit of 
it's hard to phrase, but there's a little bit of like, man, if I go out, I want to go doing something I really super love. Um, I don't know how many people, you know, go while knitting or playing <laughs> D&D, but... I mean, you don't know. It's, it's all, all is possible. <laughs> don't jinx it yet. Um, you know, the idea, I, I've thought about this a lot as someone who grew up, still exists as a uh, quote-unquote sick. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a non-standard... You know, human level of healthiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's outside of the norms of the array. Yeah, like, I don't want to go... That, again, this is my personal take. This is not a... I don't want to map this onto anybody else, but... I don't want to go in a hospital bed. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. And and the people who who rage against the dying of that light and are courageous and, and go that way, like, there's... There's honor to every human fighting to stay alive. 100%. Um, and maybe that's why. But I, I want to, I hope that when I go, um, it's not with a crash cart in the room and yeah. doctors yelling it's in that doing, way. It's doing something you fucking love. Just, you know, playing Uncharted and eating hot Cheeto. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> 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 I would like to think that uh, I would finally go on my real life Uncharted adventure. Uh, yeah. And then when I'm like, oh, I'm going to climb this Nathan Drake style, uh-huh. I just fall and black and white screen to <laughs> yeah. Madev, and it's like restart and a new Grace shows up. There you go. And continues to climb. And then you keep going. Yep. So you make it to the top. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone, seriously, um, a, a glass for Cliff Simon and Cliff Simon's, all of his friends and family. Um, because it was very sudden. Yeah. Yikes. Which, yeah. Um, but um, may we all learn to live life so fully, I guess. Can I tell you honestly? I hate how cheesy all of this shit sounds, well, but there's no way around there, it. There isn't. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this quite honestly this morning. After I finished notes for the podcast... Mm-hmm. Very frequently, between finishing notes and leaving to come record, I will play, like, an hour or so of video games, sure. or I'll knit for a while or go sew for a while and something like this. Um, I stood at the bottom of the stairs, and uh, I decided to go outside for a run instead. Nice! Yeah. That's a feeling. To be like, let me be outside and What shit. is nice today out here? We are very lucky. It was a little... A little warm. It is. It is warm. It is it's warm nice in the Nixie. shade. Yeah, and the shade is comfortable. Unfortunately, I was not running in the shade in mm-hmm. any way. But yeah, and um, and one of the reasons that I decided to go for a run is in my head a pass through is like Cliff Simon probably would go outside as much yeah. as possible if the option you know like yeah that weird yeah yeah you know thought. Mm-hmm. How, yeah, how would other person with different life perspective approach this moment? Exactly. Yeah, don't waste a second. Um, don't waste a second, because <laughs> we're not here for a long time. We're here, here for, for a, a good, good time. time. Um, other than, uh, how else has your week been? Well, uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a pop culture side, um to 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 start that ramp back up to full Stargate level, mm-hmm. 
a a subject that I think all of the listeners know I've had feels about. I over the past week watched the seasons two and three of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, fancy times! Yeah, um, I will say that my reactions, my negative reactions, were not as strong as my re- reactions in the first season were. Okay. Um, which again, That's good. I I liked the characters and everything. Even in the first season, it was a lot about setting and canon issues and a lot it was a lot of Star Trek push up my glasses nerd which I fully admit to gatekeeping stuff well I did draw the line I was explaining this to Nick it's like I was not one of the like I hated to call it gatekeeping because I was not one of those like if you like Discovery you're not a Star Trek fan Okay. it was more of just like it wasn't my brand of Star Trek I preferred Oroville because I wanted a certain... T- I, want, I like a tone in my Star Trek. Okay. That I wasn't quite feeling yet from Discovery. I will say in the second and third seasons, while there's still some stuff that I was, like, side-eyeing. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like the it found its soul a little bit more. It would be interesting to know... Um, now, I don't know if... When you watched TNG, were you old enough to have watched even the first season as it happened live, or did you have Not as it happened live. So, it'd be interesting to know, like, what that was like for people, if it was a similar vibe. I think for some people... Sometimes it just takes a little bit to ramp up. So, I... Now, I I came from a family that wasn't, like, Star Trek fans to the level that I am, Mm -hmm. but did watch Next Gen from the beginning. Um... And I think some of them may have had a little bit of vibe, but as far as I know, at least in my family, they enjoyed Next Gen from the start. And I know DS9 had a different tone, and Voyager had a different tone, and Enterprise had a different tone, but I feel like overall, they still, from the start, spoke the Star Trek language. I gotcha. I guess what I'm wondering is if the lesson learned here is, like, do we always just need to allow some time? For things to grow into what they need to be. Potentially. Yeah. And I think I think part of my issues... A lot of my issues with, with the first two seasons, even with time, are things that are going to be able to be fixed. Yeah. Sorry, um, I'm not laughing at you. I'm <laughs> laughing at how my dog decided that this is exactly the moment yep. he needs to go inside. I really need to go inside. Um, so this is a very small spoiler, but in the third season, they jump way into the future. Oh. Which that single thing in and of itself solved 50% of my issues that I had with the show. Okay. Um, and again. Little time jump never hurt nobody. Exactly. Again, all of the characters in the show, I think, are really fascinating. Even in that first season, the other issues, none of it was characters. The characters are all great. Okay. Um, I mean, listen, Anthony Rapp just keeps bouncing in and out of things that I'm passionate about in my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like he's one of your people. It's yeah. like, if he's in something, you're probably going to like it. Basically... Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my, I'll follow anywhere Mark goes, basically. Anywhere, anywhere my Mark from, from Rank goes, I will follow. Uh, uh, I still find it, 
like I can't tell you how like the theater nerd kid in my heart like squeals every time I see Anthony Rapp. Just Rapp- kidding, we want to be outside. The dog wants to be wherever it wants to be. Um, but every time, the theater kid heart in me just squeals out loud whenever I see both Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz were f- from Rent yeah. together on Star Trek together. See, here's how different our lives are. To me, Wilson Cruz is Richie from My So Called Life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the. And nothing else. <laughs> and nothing else. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the life I grew up um, in. But yeah. So I am... I appreciate the show more. There's still just some things in the first season where I know they were like, hey, we want to try to do this technology in a visual way that, you know, Roddenberry couldn't do in, okay. you know, in the original Trek with the technology of the day. And so I, I fully respect and get what they were trying to do, but I'm also the person where I was like, but it, 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 you didn't have holographic communication. You were experimenting with that at the end of DS9, so why do you have it at a time that's pre-Kirk? Yeah. It's that type of shit where I'm like, this is so petty, and I understand it's petty. <laughs> yeah, but if it fucks with the timeline... yeah. If it, if, fu- if it fucks with the canon, it's hard to digest. And, like, why, why do we need... Why, uh, listen, Pike was great on the show, but, like, why the fuck do we have to be around Kirk and Pike again? Just pick your own goddamn timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Which, once they finally did, I was like, cool. Now we're g- maybe that's what they learned, too. Maybe they're like, let's just fucking time jump. We're in the wrong... This is not where we're supposed to be. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, like uh, you walk into a house party and you don't really know anybody. <laughs> you're like, this will be fun, and you're like, nope, this is not fun for me. No. I'm gonna move to a different party over here, far away now. And like all the stuff they do with the Klingons, I'm like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I want everyone to know with Discovery. If you fucking enjoy Discovery, fucking rock on. Yeah, it's Star Trek. Like I don't care. I'm always glad it's going to be I Star Trek I'm on the air. I'm just happy anybody enjoys anything. Exactly. I've gone to a point where I'm like, do I like anything? It just what wasn't do my. I like? It just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm getting more used to the tea. I still don't like the first sip of the tea. Sure. Hey man, but, I didn't like mustard until I was like 25. Oh my god, I would eat straight yellow mustard. I'm, I could not do it. I'm I just not, couldn't do I'm it. I'm not even kidding. I, I, I'm pretty sure I sometimes eat hot dogs only as a delivery service Dude, for I yellow have been mustard. Craving a hot a Costco hot dog <sighs> for like a week now. I've learned now that if I crave a food, I have to keep it in mind for a minimum of a month before I'm allowed to eat it if it's can a garbage I, food like can that. Can I tell you now we did it was like a month ago have a Costco hot dog? But I can tell you the best hot dog I've had recently is the random dirty water hot dog outside the Lowe's <laughs> was a fucking great hot dog. That's, I bet it is. I bet it is. It was like the bun was all crinkled and like glued to the hot dog. Nothing beats that dollar fifty for a oh hot dog and a drink. Um, but I am a person who look if you have deep seated strict rules about hot dogs, don't come around me. No. <laughs> because I do ketchup and onions because I am a monster and I put ketchup on my hot dogs. See, and I'm fine with ketchup on hot dogs. Uh-huh. I just prefer straight mustard. Now, if they have <laughs> dill relish. Oh, I do like a relish. I, see, I don't like regular relish because it's bread and buttery. Oh. And I do not. Bread and butter pickles, you might as you well know, yeah. burn. 
I can't tell because the ketchup already has a mild <laughs> sense of sweetness to <laughs> this it. This is true. So to me, I'll fucking throw any relish. I like green foods in general. Most relish is like bread and butter sweet, which I don't oh, like. Oh, yeah. I want dill relish. And I will base again. I don't I, like sweet relish in my like I don't like sweet pickles in my potato salads. Okay, get the hell out of here with that shit. Just don't put or don't put salads. sweet pickles near me at all. Now, however, just like yellow mustard, I will eat dill relish yeah. just with a spoon. <laughs> I love it because pickles. Pickles, pickles. Um, um, I'm the one who yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Hot Talk Podcast. Yes, I am the one <laughs> who will straight up drink pickle juice when it, the thing is done. I like a pickle juice with Jameson. Uh, I pickle like back. a good pickleback. In fact, we may have things to celebrate soon. Yeah, I think you and I are gonna have to do some picklebacks. We'll do some picklebacks because don't make me. I will listen. I will get a jar of pickles and eat all the pickles. Like just maybe to do we do a mixed drink. Maybe like a mixed, like a Jameson and pickle juice go. water. Potentially like a dirty martini, but oh. it's a Jameson teeny, uh, a Jamin pickle teeny. <laughs> it's a Tommy pickles teeny. <gasps> a Tommy pickles. It's a Tommy Johnny pickles. Gun. Guys, welcome to the fucked up drinks podcast. <laughs> Um, I don't even remember. First drink, second drink podcast. I don't even remember what other shit we did this week. I don't Um, even know that I have talked about any of the shit I've done. I finished Uncharted 4 for the 700th time. (laughs) So, guys, my life is a lot of things going in circles. Um, My A4. Waiting for a star to fall. That has been in my head. Wow. For two weeks now. Wow. Um, Just that one line of the song. Uh, because Jesse found some supercut to an '80s, an '80s supercut of a bunch of '80s movies to that song, and that's all I got. I, ran- I woke up in the middle of the night one night singing it. I randomly put on Rock of Ages because it's on HBO. Oh God. I think it's HBO. I forgot that existed as well. Yeah, um, that exists. I, I picked up Tai Chi. Nice. This is my fun new thing. It's real fun to wake up in the morning. And do it's only like a sh- it's like ten fifteen minutes yeah but it's still um, and f- and hear my body <laughs> just wake just up imitate bubble wrap <laughs> for fifteen minutes I know that feel where it's like pop 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 yep. pop everything but man doesn't it feel good uh, yeah when you're done um, I try to like as I'm making coffee will stretch and then I get stuck <laughs> and then I have to somehow stand up again nice uh no i'll tell you it's really fun i i got i'm trying um i realized afterwards even though i know this already because i'm sure jesse mentioned it that tai chi is water bending yeah like from avatar that's yeah what tai chi's based i remember on. that's that. what water bending's based off of and so now i'm now I'm not doing Tai Chi in the morning. I'm water bending. You're water bending. So I spend five ten minutes every morning water bending. You have to come out and do it in front of the pool. I yeah, so that I can work on actually pulling the water out of 100%. the pool. It's gonna happen. It, I'm gonna I, get there. I have no doubt it's gonna happen. You know, I've never been the kid that wanted to do the Jedi mind trick, but water bending, I'm fucking here for. It's I, gonna happen. I never want to do like the mind trick part. I did. I just wanted the telekinesis part. That's what I mean. Like I, I was, I wasn't ever interested enough to work on that. Yeah. But water bending, I will do. That's because so, water bending. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, then we, gonna, once you master it, we'll take you up to the snow. They. Oh, I like that. Maybe 
the goal would be to where I can waterbend enough to give the dogs a bath. Because <laughs> these boys need a bath. Uh, this podcast is getting real squirrely. It is. We haven't even gotten into the episode. Are we, are we going to start the episode? Bring us home. April 13th, 2007. <laughs> Written by Martin Garrow. Directed by Brad Turner. All of our amazing guest stars are back from last week, including RDA, Rob Ricardo, Bo Bridges, Mitch Pelagi, Gary Jones, Bill Dow, and we can end John O'Callaghan back for a hot take as oh. Neum before he's destroyed. Uh, before he's a popsicle shard. He's so it's popsicle shards. Now I want a popsicle. I'm a mess. <laughs> we'll keep going. Sorry. So it's a bit longer previously on this week, so we got to fill that months-long gap that oh, happened yes. between the last episode. The longest previously on mm-hmm. in the existence. Of we we found on. human form replicators in the Pegasus Galaxy. It did not go well. Nope. They um they left the quote unquote nice one frozen in space after his code was rewritten so he wasn't that nice anymore to no fault of our own no to no fault of our own and no fault of his own either honestly mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. neam is as victim as everyone else is in sure. this situation we then we found real life ancients who kicked us out of atlantis and then the replicators came and then kicked them out of atlantis mm-hmm. uh, and Wolsey and jack are trapped in the middle it's like when you have rats, so then you send in cats yeah. to get rid of the rats. And then you have a rat, then, then you, you have, have a, a cat, cat problem. problem, and then the cat turns into a replicator and you can't kill it. Basically, that's mm-hmm. that's exactly... This is why I don't like cats. Mm-hmm. The replicators. Replicator cats. Uh, and then we have an authorized, unauthorized <laughs> just rescue mission. It's not a critical role. <laughs> if you are kind of a critical role, pushing. <laughs> oh, I... Was squirming, I think, as badly as Travis was in that moment. Yeah, I, I was sneeze. I sneezed. I think at some yeah. point. Uh, I think Travis and I have the same cat allergy. <laughs> but, I but have. I've never seen Laura like actually worry. Like you're gonna kill my husband. I think I just have an emotional cat allergy. <laughs> it's not a physical one. No. So anyway, episode starts on a beautiful night shot. Um, deep in the damaged parts of the city, you can see a flood line, actually. Um, whether that existed beforehand, I think I'm assuming that's from when the hurricanes came. Right. Anyway, Wolsey is really not good at not exposing his position as he stage whispers, asking if it's Jack. He's got, like, double disadvantage on, on stealth. <laughs> that's the thing. And he just has, like, a, it's a disadvantage with a negative 10 modifier. Yeah, yeah, it's like the opposite of pass without a trace. Yeah. Um, and Jack does arrive. He has a power bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a full buffet, but Jack decided to leave it alone. I, I have to say, you don't remember how much you miss Jack's narc until it returns to oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's funny because I was like, man, he's laying it on thick. I was like, nope, he's laying it on Jack. Get it? He re- it returns? Yeah. T- do, you oh, get, yeah. do you get it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, the, the return of the... Return of the snark. <laughs> return, return of the snark. Return of the snark. Maybe that's just my AK. Return of the snark. Return of the snark. Um, I do like the way he says buffet. Oh, yeah, buffet. Because he fancy. <laughs> AKA return of the snark. Uh, Woolsey just figures at this point they're gonna have to hang tight until rescue arrives, and he's like, yeah, um, about that. So, there's a standing order to nuke the city in case of foothold situation. He's like, whose batshit order is that? That's me! I did that. That'd be mine. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly cut to the gate room as the Stargate activates. We get a throwback to the conversation in the jumper right at the end of the last episode. McKay's patch to block the gate shield worked and hands down the best part of them coming through the gate 
And immediately coming under fire is the guy they literally run over. Just on top of. So <laughs> that is an actual recreation of what it looks like when Drakey jumps onto our bed in the morning. <laughs> and the guy underneath is me. And the yeah. gate and the control room window that the jumper kisses yeah. is Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm the guy dead underneath. Jesse gets kisses. Mommy gets killed. I do remember very distinctly being woken up um, by, you know, a, a dog larger than, oh, yes. than either of your dogs to the point where, like, I have just woken up. This dog is completely covering me. I do not have the energy to move, let alone push this dog, and he is just attacking my face yep. with kisses, and I can't breathe. That's how it goes down. Yeah. The fun part is uh, one goes for the face, the other goes for the... <laughs> The, the naughty bit. Yeah. <laughs> and he just steps. Yep. And just steps into just the spaces. Steps. Um, and the other one just... This is all out. soft here. I can just step wherever yeah, I want. Yeah. Oh, this is just a pillow. <laughs> this is just a pillow. Your it's, face is a pillow, right? It's fine yeah. if I step on this. I step here. So they radio Jack, who's surprised to hear John's voice. Uh-huh. And confirms he's nowhere near the gate room. So they drop... Yeah. Hey, Jack, are you where I'm about to blow shit up? No. Okay, bye. Yeah. So they drop the package. Yeah. And then back up and make their own exit. Yes. Well. Out of the gate room by breaking through a window. You know, when you're the size of that jumper in this in that room, you get to make your own. You can Kool Aid your man, man, (laughs) Kool Aid man, your way through any wall. I like you can Kool Aid your man. (laughs) I like that. You can Kool Aid your man man all day and all night. Return of the man. In my head, I, I don't know what Kool-Aid your man means, but I'm assuming... Oh, it means what you think it means. <laughs> so... I don't know what it means either, but it, <laughs> if you're thinking it, that's it. <laughs> it just it just involves a lot of packets of Kool-Aid. I'm on Kool-Aid my man. <laughs> In public? Um... So the bla- the package <laughs> is a black box the size of a car battery that just beeps faster and faster and faster Yay. until it blows up. Yep. And we see a large fireball explosion doing some major damage to the central spire of Atlantis. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, big, big cut, bada boom. And from outside, our team just watches and went, that went well, yep. and then flies off into space. Gotta go by. Credits. Yes. So what did you think about them exploding the gate room? It was interesting. We haven't really... I I mean, we wrap it up at the end, right? Like, we figure out how to get back. But it's like, you're basically... You're you're saying, this is a cage match. Yeah. You're not leaving, and I'm not leaving. Listen, I've already licked this, and if I can't have it, no one can have it. Yeah, it's it's a great... uh, It's funny. um, We finished our Avernus game... And there's one part that still sticks in Rosie's crawl where she's like, how could I have kept this asshole here longer <laughs> to finish him off? And yeah. that's what they did. And yeah. it's, so it's a satisfying feeling of like, if I'm going out, so are you. Yeah. We're exactly. all dying. Nobody gets out alive. It's very old West. And I it think is. I love that. So when we come back, the Woolsey Jack comedy hour in this episode is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Was that an explosion? Sounded like it. Yeah. Is John attacking the city? Fucking better be. 
<laughs> so why can't he get back to us for two hours? I don't fucking know. I love I love this entire um, dynamic. Oh, I with do too. Woolsey. It's like, bruh, I'm watching the same movie you are. Yeah. <laughs> I am not watching this movie. I always think of there's a line that I will I will tell you the story behind it. So now when I say it, it'll make sense. But uh, a friend of of mine, so therefore friend of the pod. Yeah. Jen, who you guys have heard about before. Had an ex-boyfriend who was a little bit of an idiot sometimes, <laughs> and we all uh, we watched the movies uh, Night Watch and Day Watch. Oh yeah, the old vampire flicks. Oh yeah, I think they're based on the books, and so you know whenever we wanted to watch them, we had to drive to like the indie theater, which wasn't nearby because they were foreign. I, and I have at least I think I have them both on DVD. If you ever want to watch them, oh yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I do because I think um, so. When we watched them, they were being they're translated. Yeah, you know what I mean. And there's some part where something happens and it's very important to the story and the guy writes something on the wall but of course it's in Russian. It's in Russian. And so we're waiting. We're all sitting there waiting. They don't translate it. speak Russian. And well, I think they subtitle it. But her boyfriend turns to her in a full stage whisper (laughs) in the darkened, tiny theater. Hey, what did he write? (laughs) <laughs> did he write no so now whenever somebody says something really stupid well, I just go did he write no yeah. um, that's what Woolsey's doing here yeah did 100%. he write no yeah 100% <laughs> um, it's like bro we're all watching this movie we all don't speak Russian can I actually say that I actually read the books first and then found out there's I think movies. Jen did as well yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to read therefore I, I didn't <laughs> I know I have Nightwatch and Daywatch books. I may only have one of the films. Anyway, moving on. I'm convinced that um, if you and Jen had met each other before you met me, <laughs> I may not be in the picture because I don't know how to read until recently. And I'm not. And I suck. Okay, the end. Bye. I mean, I used to read. I know I used to read. I used to know how to read much more. I've been on the same book for. <laughs> I'm I'm still in the phase. I'm like I'm gonna read before I go to bed, and I'll get three pages, and then I will be asleep. Yeah, we had um, at work. Our HR reps are like, "Hey, it's like National Reading Month. Turn <laughs> yes. in a book report." I did too, and I didn't because I was like, "Which one of my 700 textbooks do you want a book report on?" Um, Eat dicks. <laughs> I tried explaining a uh, book to. Of a long fantasy series that this book is 1,400 pages, and I explained it in, like, three sentences. No, I I was like, look, I'd love to have the time to write you a book report, but I've got all these books I have to read, oh, therefore I cannot write you a book see, report. See, and you were more you honest. I would have been like, contact, here is my book report. I should have just done it on one of the books I'm reading for school. Or I just like would have been dum-dum. like, what's my favorite book that... Uh, let me just write you a book report. Here's my Lord of the Rings book report. <laughs> I would have been like, I'm reading this story about a treasure hunter who finds 100%. the lost <laughs> <of> Libertalia <laughs> and his long lost brother who he thought he was yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> and a partner named Sully. Here's my book report on Carl Sagan's contact. <laughs> I'm not currently reading it. I have read it eight times. There was a little girl who lived on an island in the Pacific. <laughs> in the South Pacific. And then she was had to help her family to go to the next island and to bring the heart to defeat. 
And then she met a demigod. See? No, no, it's totally a book. It's totally it's a book I read. Listen, I'm sure somewhere they they wrote that into a book for kids. Come on. I am reading a book to my dogs called Mulan. <laughs> Um, it is a Disney Golden Books. <laughs> oh, God. I am reading 101 Dalmatians. I like it. To Kaylee. <laughs> Teaching about the evils of fashion. Just the plaza. You should do, like, there was a young orphan man who learned that he was meant to be king. Yep. And so then he met, and an older man came and showed him how to use the power <laughs> that he wielded. <laughs> No, it's not Star Wars. It's not Wait, Star Wars. Why are you saying that? No, Star- I mean why? this is clearly no reason. No reason. It's it's Avalon. Clearly, yeah. This is Merlin <laughs> and King Arthur. God, you guys are so lame. <laughs> and then he fell in love with his sister, but then he realized it was his sister again. Could possibly be King yeah. Arthur. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, when you break him down like that. Oh, okay. It's like all fantasy things have things in common. Crazy how nature do that. So in a jumper. Oh right, right. <laughs> Carson is having a minor. Panic I like attack. to think that when we have our little tangents like this, yeah. the characters on the show just pause. look at the screen and pause. Yeah. Like, remember how Sonic used to just look at you annoyed and like tap his toe. Yeah. Yeah. Same my thing. 100%. Jack is just fucking like, are you done? Can we move on? Yeah. Okay. Carson's having a minor panic attack. <laughs> He'll be fine. Which, legit, probably I'd be having a minor panic attack. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's holding it together at all, ever. So This is not what he does. There is a slight hitch in their plan. When the shots they took coming in damaged the cloak. Mm-hmm. So when McKay means that the cloak is down, he means the cloak is actually down, not like... I can fix it with enough pestering. It's like actually down. Yeah, this is beyond my usual downness. Even with, even with the replicators fast rebuild, part of the reason, like I have no shits blowing up the gate room, is because the replicators are still there and can rebuild that shit like any split. Yep. They still have a few hours though. Yep. Until the replicators can restore critical systems, they might have an advantage if they can time their shit right. Mm-hmm. So they found their main item on their grocery list. Yes. One frozen neum floating in space. There was concern about the nanovirus. We dealt with that. But he's been floating in space for a real fucking long time. Mm-hmm. Cold, mixed with solar radiation. He's like mostly dead. He's not dead dead. He's got freezer burn. Yeah. He's got major freezer burn. Uh, if he twitches, Ronan is always ready on the trigger. Oh, yeah. So you scoop him up in the back hatch, repressurize it. Carson takes the wheel as John and Ronan get their ARGs and blaster ready. Mm-hmm. McKay checks in, yes, mostly dead, just enough juice to do what they need to do. And before they can actually load the program they need to load into Neum, he, like, moves one finger and everyone jumps. Yep, it's not great. I would jump. Yeah. He's not supposed to move like it's that. It's like, not only is it a replicator, but at this point it's an undead replicator. Yeah, like, it's that's a zombicator. Zombicator. That's a good drink name, too. <laughs> so we get a great shot. It's, it's, you drink a zombie while making a robot voice. I don't know why replicators I have mean, those I drink... Nick's drink of choice for the holiday break was making zombies. And he made all the syrups from scratch. Holy crap, of course he did. Of course he did. Um, there is a lot of damage done to the central spire. 
Um, Cetus and Talos, who from now on I'm just gonna call the twins. Yes. Aren't really pretending to be human-like. Like, Neon was, like, trying to be human. Yeah, these guys are like, fuck them. These two are just fully hive mind. Yeah. They might as well be Borg. Yeah. Since sensors are down, they put observers around the city. It's basically be visual scanners looking for the gate ship or the puddle jumper. Mm-hmm. They also know that the people on the ship radioed someone else in the city. They're going to go look for them in parts of the city that the sensors can't hit. Yep. We also learn as well <clears throat> that this is just thrown there as a side comment. That when they, after they mind probed uh, Helia. Yeah. Um, they just killed all the ancients. Yeah, they're like, well, we got everything you need. Let's get rid of some fucking ancients now. But like, the fact that all of the ancients are dead was almost like a side comment here. Yeah, they were the entire setup for this story, yes. and now they're just dead. They're just dead. I guess, for those of you who uh, can't see this podcast right now, I'm not necessarily have an allergy to pollen, uh-huh. but my nose itches yeah. so badly right now. Like, the outside of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's It's weird weather out here. I mean... One of the dogs is also your dog is broken. Yeah, he's been broken for a while. I've been watching him. He's due for a reset. (laughs) He's just just to let everyone know, full in the sun, wiggling on his back. The upside down pity wiggle. Yeah, it's fine. They're they they like this weather. It's weird. So the program is fully uploaded to Neom. Ah yes. Which by the way, the program is to freeze. All of the replicators for hours. It's very similar to how they froze all the replicators the last time they saw them. Right. But for longer this time. Um, and they're keeping Neom at a super, super low power. And so because he's at such super low power, he's very short range. Okay. Also, oh, got it. they have no cloak. Right. Yeah. Because ship damage. And there's a little debate over... Keep going. I'm going to put water in the dog bowl, <laughs> but I'm taking my mic with me and I can hear you. This is life now. And there's a little debate over, like, whose plan this was, which I found adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we, John does add that it's good to be home. And weird goes, there's no place like it. There's no place like Hey, that Atlantis. sounds like a familiar line to me. <laughs> Back at the SGC... No. Oh, I think I skipped a part. Did I skip where they were? I Go did! Back. Earlier, earlier, we were at the SGC and Walter was just fiddling with dials in the control room and Landry was venting. And he told Walter that he had to lock out everyone's IDCs and their authentication codes. Which oh, you can right. tell that Walter super doesn't want to do. But to Landry, even if they're successful in the rescue plan, who can tell if they're compromised or not? Landry is extra cranky in this episode. Yeah. And, I mean, he has reason to be. His team's either dead or replicator. 100%. Uh, which, I, I, either one's bad. Um, but, man, is he cranky this episode. Like, I feel like, did they just not give Bo Bridges any snacks that day? He had no coffee. Yeah. Um. So, no, they... Back in Landry's office, he didn't bring Bill here to discuss how the team got the jumper. Bill's like, I mean, it was a scene from the sting. They yeah. must have planned it forever. They did it, though. They're just no. fucking Muppets. 
Just Chaos Muppets. Landry actually wants to talk about how to disable the gate bridge. You know, the one that they just finished and isn't actually up and running yet? <laughs> that one? Yeah. And I feel the like... Put a shoved a ton of money into? Here's my thing. Mm. I feel like on this show, the answer to way too many how do we questions is answered by Mark 9. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Is answered by what's the biggest explosion we can uh, make? Explosion. They, they, it's taking the rule out of the Sam Carter book. It is hundred mm-hmm. percent. The answer is is to blow something up. Yeah. Landry, just why? And after that, life is like, why are you still in my office? Yeah. <laughs> You're he's go. so mean about it. He's so cranky. You should be prepping that giant bomb. Seriously. Um. Back with the puddle jumper, can I just say all of the scenes of the puddle jumping flying above, around, everywhere around the city are just stunning. Yeah. It's beautifully done. It's got a very um, Star Tours feel. Yeah. For lack of a better way to put Uh it. Not the movies, not Star Wars, but the actual (laughs) Star Tours ride. It's very like we filmed this to be like a motion sim. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They're about a mile out, and the observers spot them. And some drones are released, in which John does some great flying through the city to avoid them. Yeah, you know, and I feel like he doesn't get to stretch those flyboy legs very often, so. He doesn't. Good for him. There is a part of him that enjoyed it. Yeah. And a few of the drones do hit the city. (laughs) Which, with Wolsey and Jack. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Something exploded. Listen, we've yeah. all been Woolsey or Jack in these situations, asking questions to the other one who clearly has no way of knowing what the answer is. Again, it's like, bruh, we're both watching the same movie. Yeah. It's like, how do we know if John's attacking the replicators or the replicators attacking John? He, John Jack's like, we're, we'll find out. The answer will come. Yeah. I will say that in Woolsey's defense... Uh, sometimes I am just talking out loud. Yeah. 100%. And I have to make that clear to whoever's watching the movie with me. And he's like, well, how how did they get here? Did they come through the gate? And he's like, I have been fucking sitting next to you. Yeah. This whole time. Where would I have gotten more information? Yeah. <laughs> you know, from your secret information. And Woolsey in, you know, this is Woolsey, so for him to take off and throw away his tie, that's... I mean, that's pretty intense. Reaching the end of his limit. Yeah. Um, John's like, look, or Jack said, look, he said he'd be back in a couple hours, he has like 11 more seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a bigger explosion. Yeah. Uh, John is trying to, listen, he's trying real hard to run the drones into Weir's least favorite parts of the city. Yeah, I, I do love that Weir's like, hey, can you try to not super destroy the city? And it's like, really? <laughs> this is your concern right now? And he yells at McKay because clearly the replicators aren't freezing. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of tension in this episode. But McKay doesn't want to give Neem any more power or he'll wake up and, you know, kill them all. Yeah, exactly. So eventually, John's had enough, and he has a different plan. He retracts the drive pods and dives the jumper into the water, and apparently the drones can't follow him into the water? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Even so, we clearly see drones heading into the water later in the episode, but that's neither here nor there. Yep. 
just as Woolsey's complaining that they are long overdue, and Jack points out that, you know, he's missing the element of... <laughs> Suspense. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to stay quiet through, but I love that too much. I keep wanting to say, say it! <laughs> the Rocky Horror yeah. fan in my soul. <laughs> Loves the Antissa. <laughs> Patient. <Say it. laughs> I was trying to hold. Um, so John radios in. They're a bit late. Had to pick up some frozen goods. Jack is confused as to whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. I, You know, for one who likes to lay down the snark, he's not good at picking it up. No. No. Um, now I feel that was just a snark back. He's like, um... He's like, oh, you know what? It's snark intimidation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're heading towards an underwater jumper bay, what they hope is an underwater jumper bay, and Jack recognizes Weir's voice. Oh. He didn't yeah. say he was happy to hear her voice. I love that part. Like, Jesus, man. <laughs> Just that he recognizes. That's mean. Jack is a little, don't worry, it's about to get meaner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jack's a little shocked that Landry would authorize her in a mission like this, and she's like, uh, actually, authorized. It's one of those. Um, let's uh, let's talk about this for a bit. He goes. So you're <laughs> not surrounded by heavily armed SGC teams and young strapping Marines. <laughs> Listen, she starts at least with the heavy hitters and works her way down. Like, look, you got John and Ronan and Taylor and McKay and Weir and Doctor Beckett and oh, Doctor Beckett, you say. Oh, good. Now I'm comforted. You know, that's mean. You should feel comforted. It is, because then he was cursing the sign going, what is he, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Poor Carson. Picking on our Carson. Jack just, or John, I confuse Jack and John making my notes a lot. It's, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm sure we're going to say him wrong at some yeah. point. So John cuts in. He goes, look, we have a plan, a good uh-huh. plan. And Jack is sure it's great, and if it doesn't fail, John is fired. Which great. John looks forward to. Yep. So it's definitely an underwater jumper bay. Uh-huh. But as they go to pressurize the compartment and get rid of all the water, that doesn't work. I like McKay's not again. <laughs> yeah, because not only will the water not go down, thanks to some damage they took, it's dripping inside the jumper. Yay, this is good. Yeah, McKay's having flashbacks. John will figure something out just fine. Let's go back, open the doors back up, we'll fly back out, and, you know, the doors that we just closed to get in here. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fine. Those ones that won't reopen again. Uh Uh-huh. They might, and McKay means might. He means they definitely are jammed. It's fine, we're just stuck here. It's not a big deal. Totally fine. And I love John's. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, how unfortunate. This part of the plan is not going well. Yeah. So there is a manual override, but it's in the base control room. Uh huh. Which is, of course, sealed from the other side. You know, the unjammer button. Yeah. John can't just swim to it. But thankfully, they have someone else on the inside of the city. Bum ba da dum. So Jack and Woolsey are directed to where they have to go. Uh-huh. There's a hatch, there's a ladder down, the control room's right beyond it. Slight problem. That entire floor is flooded. Yay! Take deep breaths. 
He's like, I couldn't convince you to go to swim. And Jax just pauses. He's like... <sighs> I mean, what else is he going to do? Exactly. Sit there bitch about it? He's going anyway, and he hands Woolsey the radio on the P90. He goes, if you hear anything, don't fucking call out to it. Fucking shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Woolsey's yep. really hoping Jack won't be gone for long. He doesn't want to be left here. And, you know, that all depends on the temperature of the water. Mm-hmm. He puts his toe down in there. He goes, yeah, it won't be gone long. Yeah. I imagine that's cold. That's, yeah, 100%. That's North Pacific cold. So the manual override will be obvious, of course. Yeah, it's the underwater unjammer button. It's a big red button in the middle of the panel. Yep, that's how it. That's how it looks to McKay. Yeah. Because to McKay, nothing matters except the things that matter to yep. him. Yep. So that's why it's obvious. So John gets in the water, takes a deep breath, swims down to the room. We see the jumper through the window, and he starts looking around the console. And I am going. I nope this entire part, because to me, swimming, where you can't just rise up and get water mm-hmm. even in video games swimming into caverns it is stressful is stressful as fuck yeah it on is top st- of that i have a thing with water in my eyes like i oh. need goggles i cannot open my eyes underwater yeah i don't know that i've tried because i'm always wearing contacts it's irregardless of contacts okay just water in my eyes I think if no. I didn't have contacts, I'd be fine. If I but have then goggles, I can't see I'm fine. Yeah. Because I got no contacts. Um, I'm not waterproof anyway. <laughs> I'm not going in there. I love water. I'm a, I'm a... Listen, I'm not like a super great swimmer, but I can definitely hold my own swimming. Like, mm-hmm. I can tread water for however long you need yeah. to tread water and shit, and I can swim pretty well. Don't just, I'm not, I'm just not a, I'm not a head under the water person. No underwater spelunking for you? No underwater spelunking. <laughs> that's, that's just, I get stressed out just watching people do it. I think of like the people that go into like the cenotes in Mexico. Yeah. Um, no. As cool as that seems adventure wise. Yeah. Sounds like death. Mm-mm. Yeah. Anyway. So he's looking around the console and he's just like there's all sorts of shit on this console nothing is standing out so Jack swings swims back up gets the radio and explains to McKay that he and McKay have very different ideas of what obvious means (laughs) and he's like I haven't seen it before I just figured it's a manual override it would be big and obvious Jack annoyed dives back down Heads back into the room and starts pulling levers. The first one turns the lights on. The second one closes the door to where the air is. I mean, that's a good sign. He tries to open it back up with the third one, and it opens partway and then jams. Good time. So he goes around, finds another toggle, pulls it, and does start dropping the water level in the bay. Mm-hmm. As soon as he lets it go, though, it stops. It's a puzzle. It's a dead man switch. Yeah. Um, so here's my question. Like, is it one of those where if you stop it, then the water level starts rising again? Or if you stop it, it just stops at that level? I think it, sto- it starts rising again. It's like the equivalent of you're holding something open. Mm-hmm. So it can drain as you're doing it. But if you let it go, it's slowly going to refill until it closes back up. But, like, they... Once it was empty, it was empty. Fair. It didn't fill back up again. 
Well, maybe once it gets to empty, it like sets it, it locks maybe. down. I mean, I'm someone who, I mean, obviously Woolsey's not someone who's going to like go and jump in the water. Uh-huh. But they could have. Jack dives down, pulls it, and then like Woolsey just goes down and holds it for as long as it takes for Jack to go get a breath again. Yeah, just take turns. S- buddy system this shit. Yeah. Worth a shot if Woolsey didn't suck. So up top, um, yeah, Jack goes down there completely annoyed after he explains a dead man switch. I mean, Kate does feel a little shitty. He's like, I had no clue it was a dead man switch. Yeah. But it's Jack. He's good. He's got this. He's annoyed and gonna bitch about it, but he's yeah. got this. Up top, Woolsey hears footsteps in the distance. You know, Jack's mostly annoyed because he's realized how out of shape he's gotten in retirement. <laughs> yeah. He's like, fuck, this desk job's kicking my ass. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, so McKay comes over the radio. Tell him 30 more seconds, which McKay. <laughs> Think about what you just said. Yeah. No. How's he gonna do that? No. Woolsey turns the radio off and prepares himself. He can do this! <laughs> While Jack closes his eyes, determined to oh, make it through this, holding his breath inside the jumper with no one answering the radio... That doesn't feel good. Nope, that's not a good sign at all. The bay is clear of water, so most of them are just going to, like, they're going to go get Jack, Woolsey, meet up with them. McKay's going to stay here, finish working on Nam. And just as Jack comes up for air with a cheer, because he's done it, he turns around to see replicators holding guns Yay, on him. they've done it too. They found the Woolsey. It's now it's the two of them brig, um, where the twins ask, you know, where, where are the others, and... Jack and typical Jack is just what others. <laughs> yeah, what what are you talking about? The team comes across where Jack and Woolsey were captured, and we do see a bunch of bullet cases on the ground. Like Woolsey didn't, we put up a fight. Yeah, he tried. He's just not meant for this. No. They also know that their mind's going to be probed at any minute now. Yeah. And the jumper McKay ensures that none of this information will cause him to work any faster. True. In the brig with the twins, Jack was, you know, doing the backstroke over there. <laughs> I love this whole, like, coming out of retirement. Like, he was like, his, look, I was sure I was planning to retire. His stall is <laughs> incredible. Like, can the bullshit coming out of your mouth right it's, now, Jack. It's a skill. Yeah. It's yeah. a skill. Um, you know, it's, it's like they don't believe you, but they're definitely distracted by you. Because it's not like he's a workaholic, but he wants to stay active, you know? Mm-hmm. And while Woolsey, Woolsey doesn't know what's about to come up, Jack, pre- Jack knows. Yeah, it's 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 a crappening. About the hands and the head thing. And inside of Jack's mind, it's just a Stargate puddle. I love that, the way he resists the brain drain, if you will. Yeah. It's just a watery gate. Yeah, he's like, it's real roomy in here, isn't it? Yeah, there's nothing going on in here. Uh, this isn't the first time, you know, I've had the head and the hand thing. Um... Listen, why don't you just look around? We'll play the hot and cold game. Yeah. <laughs> and you can, the twin is just like, oh, now I got what we want. We're yeah. good. And well, the probe fun. ends back in the break, and the twins just walk out, and Wolsey sort of collapses. Like, that was the worst thing he's ever experienced. And Jack just reassures him. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. It does get worse. Jack with his excellent <laughs> bedside banner. Mm hmm. Well, you gotta prepare him, you know? Yeah. Back with McKay. 
Things just aren't working the way they're supposed to. And he has power levels as high as he's comfortable with. And as he's talking, we see behind him... Dun, 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 dun. Ma'am! Conscious! Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Warning McKay not to mess around with base codes. Mm-hmm. And McKay just picks up the ARG and shoots him before yeah. he can kill McKay. Yep. Disintegrating him. I'm proud of McKay for not trying to have a conversation 100%. and do something more. He did what Ronan told him. And he calls over the radio that everyone needs to fall back to the jumper because they need a new plan. A plan, whatever the fuck number we're on, did not work. Yeah. <laughs> back at the jumper, they figure Jack and Woolsey's mind were probed. Mm-hmm. Accurate. Either way, replicators know the team is here. They know how they got in. And we find out that it was the replicators that woke Neam up. It yeah. wasn't McKay. Ronan has a new plan. Just start killing things. I mean, it's worked before. It's our favorite plan. Yeah. It's like he's a born American. You would never know. Run and gun. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But McKay loves the run and gun enthusiasm. But as John translates to Ronan, replicators build up immunity to the ARGs. They're only going to work for so long. Yeah. That's why they wanted to freeze them. They could just shoot them before they could build up immunity. Right. And Ronan still likes his plan. So that's plan B. Plan C... McKay has a plan. Plan C for C4. And it's going to involve splitting up the teams. Yeah. Never split the party except in this case. Except when it works. Back with the twins, they can't search easily for our team. And apparently the damage done to the central tower was so much they had to dismantle their own ship to provide the raw materials to fix the central spire. So their banking is having Atlantis the next ship because they have no other ship. Mm Mm-hmm. So John and McKay swing to the brig to rescue Jack and Mulsey, take out the few replicators who are there. Jack holds the door while McKay goes to open the brig. Jack's like, thanks for the rescue. He's like, yeah, no problem. Jack's like, I meant you should be thanking me for your rescue. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that too. That's a thing. We're going to have you out of the brig soon. It won't take long. Oh, but it may take longer. Oh, they've changed the codes on the brig door. Oh, weird. How... I can't open it. I need some more time. Replicator did the thing. And McKay explains to them, you know, while he works, quote unquote, about plan C uh-huh. for they're going to help the Daedalus carry out their standing order. Yep. Well, he's like, are we back to the plan that involves nukes? I wasn't aware they were back to the plan that involves nukes. Yeah. It goes, it's the only way. They're going to plant charges at all ten of the shield emitters. So the replicators bring the shields up. When the Daedalus arrives, big boom. No shields. Beam the warhead directly into the city. Everybody dies. The end. Jack's like, are you sure that's not plan F as in, like, totally fucked? Yeah. He goes, we'll be fine. We're going to get back to the jumper. Fly away. If we can get the underwater doors open again, so it's a whole other side issue. And that's when John runs back in that they have company and they have to go. Mm-hmm. But we can't. I, McKay just told them the whole plan. <laughs> Which, of course, John just smacks him and is annoyed at. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. Oh, McKay. Forget what I just said. So John and McKay just run off. Just kidding. While Jack and Woolsey resign Don't themselves tell to the replicators exactly what I just told you. Uh-huh. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, there is the thing of, like... You know, if I tell you elephants, and then I go, don't think of elephants. Right. Elephants. 
dancing in my brain, and they're all wearing choo-choos. Of course. Back at the SGC, they get a data burst from the Midway station. The Daedalus is right mm-hmm. off Atlantis, and they're waiting for the order, and Landry gives it. Yep. It's Jack standing order. Atlantis is to be destroyed at all costs. Mm-hmm. By the next morning, the replicators have completely repaired the central tower. Carson carefully places some C4. Taylor and him are ahead of schedule. So they're going to yeah. find a place to sit and wait for all of this to be over. I do like the teams that they split these into. Because it's, yeah. it's Carson and Taylor. Mm-hmm. We're in Ronan. Mm-hmm. And then Shepard and McKay. Shepard and McKay, obvious team. Obvs. Obvious. Obvs. Are... Our A1 team, if you will. Yeah. Um, Weir is probably... As, as as anxious as Carson is, he's gone off-planet more. He's got a little bit hardier. Well, I will also say this. I will also say this. Taylor and Carson are the first ones done. Yeah. I am definitely going to give major credit because whatever he's doing, clearly you had to be delicate and precise. Well, them he's surgeon's got, hands. That's what I'm saying. He's got them surgeon hands. Well, I'm just, see, I'm just talking as far as when you split the party before you know what they got to do. Yeah. Right? As, as smart as Weir is, she's squishier than yeah. Carson. So you put her with the barbarian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I think is perfect. Yeah. Whereas Taylor's like, not quite barbarian. We've talked about this before. Yeah. And Carson is not quite as squishy. He's a little yeah. war- workler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's a good mix. Yeah. It's a perfect mix right there. Anyway, that's it. I like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did notice that Carson and Taylor were the first ones done. Yeah. Um, so elsewhere, we were planning... I mean, don't play Operation with Carson. Unless no. you want to just lose. Yeah, that's... He's just going to get them all Jenga, out. Jenga, fuck off. Yeah. I got this. <laughs> It's that steady surgeon's hand. Exactly. So elsewhere, Weir is playing some C4. Ronan keeps watch. They still have one more to go, and they comment about how supposedly there's hundreds of replicators in the city, but they haven't run across any of them. Interesting. McKay and John also have one more. Then it's all over but the crying. And that's when they hear a loud noise. I'm going to start using that line, because I love that. <laughs> it's all over but the crying. Yeah. Um, and we, we find out why the replicators haven't been bothering our team. Mm. They've been preparing the city. Because they brought some ZPMs. They're going to go for a ride. That sound is the star drive powering bow, up. Bow, bow, bow. So, yeah, they're going to need the shield emitters to fly through space. But in order for the plan to work, they have to blow all of the... It's like an all or nothing deal. Yeah. Which makes more sense once you know what they're actually doing with the emitters. Sure. Because actually blowing them, I can have a hunch you could blow all but one and be fairly effective at neutralizing the yeah. shield. But in order to get the actual, their actual plan working, they need to get all of them. Yep. Um, so while they both try and think of something, John realizes that they fired drones. So their chair is up and running. Oh, no. Which prompts a whole other question. How are these replicators using the chair? Did they hack it? I don't think any of the replicators have an ATA gene. Have they used the chair? Well, that's what I was saying. To fire the drones, you need it. You can't fire drones without the chair. Unless they hacked into the machine and then just fired them without. That's the what I'm chair. saying. Like they yeah. had to have hacked something. That's got to be what they did. They could have just hacked the drones. True. Um, but anyway, Taylor and Carson are near the chair. 
Carson can use the chair. He loves Carson's the chair. Carson's favorite chair to sit in in all of the world. It's his favorite. Yep. I think that's Carson's favorite enemy. Yeah, <laughs> his chairs. Carson He's is part of the Mighty Nine. <laughs> Carson is not a fan of this plan. Uh huh. He doesn't want to hear. He doesn't want to hear anything if he accidentally destroys the city. Yes, right. And John is just like focus on the star drive. That's what I just. It's like I just said. If I tell you elephant, then tell you don't think of elephants. Uh-huh. If I say focus on the star drive, of course I'm going to run through all the things that I shouldn't be focusing uh, on, too. What's, what am I supposed to focus on? What's Taylor, not the star drive? Taylor might have to fight her way in, but she is warned to use the ARG sparingly and maybe fall back to plan B, which no one remembers which exactly plan B is again, but it's something. What are the others? Just do something that's not what you're currently doing. Yes. That's what plan B is. Taylor quickly... And effectively takes it all for replicators. Carson thanks her very politely and gets to it. Yep. So the twins notice this and come to the control room and wonder what the team is doing. Carson, meanwhile, has been able to launch just a few drones and effectively hit the star drive. Sorry, I'm laughing because my dog wants to go outside. So instead of ringing his bell, yeah, he put his head on the ribbon that holds the bell yeah. and just like wrapped his face in it. That works. Yeah, close enough. I, I personally like it when they ask to come in or out just by licking it. Oh, that's licking the door. Ah. So basically. The twins come in and it's like, we need the humans alive, but go fucking capture them. We know where they are. Just go to the chair room and capture these two. They take Tila out. They take Carson prisoner. Um, but no one's dead. That's good. Barely. <laughs> it's barely good. Weir is placing her last C4, which mm-hmm. behind Ronan, more replicators come. Ronan drops his ARG and starts shooting with his blaster, which does nothing. And they quickly take Weir and oh, then no, we're caught. take Ronan kicking and metaphorically screaming, which I feel like that may have been where I was like, something's up. Overacting. <laughs> Overacting. A little bit. Tone it down. The ease in which they take Ronan. That's what I mean. Like, and then he's, like, screaming, like, yeah. in despair. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. We'll think about that. John and McKay, the replicators, very quickly and very easily take the two of them. Almost, you would say, too easy. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing that they've got, like, their own kick of gold arrogance. They don't even <laughs> fucking question this. No, they don't. Yeah. So they throw... The two of them into the brig with the rest of our team and call it. They're going to throw Jack and Woolsey in with her, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, you know, okay. We're not dead yet. Getting some recreational mind probing. Yeah, it's fine. It's, yeah. We're all together, at least. Exactly. In jail. Everyone completed their tasks. Uh-huh. You know, the twins are like, did you really think you could stop us? John's like, would we be here if we didn't think that we could stop you? Yeah, seriously. We have our own brand of arrogance. John does reassure Jack that he will get to look forward to firing John when they get back. (laughs) But no, the twins say that their plan was discovered and everyone looked back to Woolsey. (sighs) He just kind of looks up into space. They mind probed me. I'm a mere mortal. Exactly! I am not an SG member. Jack, uh, he's like, how is this supposed to reason? There's a hand in my forehead. Like, yeah. what are you supposed to do with that? Jack's like, well, I normally just sort of close my eyes and think of England. Yeah. 
You know, I don't blame Woolsey at this point. Like, no! fuck you guys. 100%. Fuck you a lot. But also, I don't blame them for using Woolsey oh, as yeah. part of the plan. That's absolutely what you do. Yeah. But his reaction is perfectly reasonable. 100%. Yeah. Um, so... They're like, yeah, we found all your C4. We've, we've, we've gathered it. It's right here in a bag for you. So uh-huh. when the Daedalus comes, our shields aren't going to be destroyed. Oh, no. Your Whatever plan will we do? Uh, and I will say, the team does some great acting here. Uh-huh. They act really distraught. <laughs> and we see the other twin in the control room about to activate the shield. And his hand goes is to hit the shield button. And it slows down. And then we rewind. Yep. Um... Freeze frame. Something, something, something. I love it. It's perfect. So remember back when McKay first said, asked how much C4 they had and have to split into groups? Well, what we didn't see is after that, McKay figures that possibly they could destroy the replicators with the ARGs, but they have to hit them all at once. Yep. So McKay's an idea to send one massive ARG blast through the city. Yay. And he shows the team at an emitter that the C4 is a purely a distraction. What they're actually going to do is place a crystal from the ARGs into the shield emitters. And if they get all of them, when they activate the shield, there'll be a massive anti-replicator wave throughout the city. Okay. Um, and they were warned. So it wasn't a C4 blast. It was an anti-replicator blast. Yeah, the C4 was part of the de- elu- like the, the deception. Yeah, it was the, the hand waving while the other hand did the trick. Uh-huh. Boom. So they're warned not to use the ERGs, even if it means getting caught, because they can't risk them being immune before they can send out the massive blast. Yes, yep. And I do love them all looking at Ronin. That means you, Ronin. You might have to allow yourself to be caught. Yeah, in fact, Ronin, you're not allowed to use a weapon, period. (laughs) If you want to fight them, you use your fists. Because, as we learned, you can't counterspell throw punch. You can't counterspell throw punch. Uh, so we cut back to McKay, feeding their plan to Woolsey. John is pretty sure afterwards that Jack didn't buy it. Woolsey 100%ed. Yeah, well, of course he did. What else does he have to believe? And we learned that McKay won the Sears Drama Festival Award as a kid. <laughs> I mean, he could have made a career of acting if he wanted to. The Sears Drama Festival? And John's like, I really wish you had. <laughs> so Jack and Woolsey were mind probed. They got mm-hmm. the whole plan from Woolsey. The C4 plan from Woolsey. Yep. Back in real time, they activate the shields, and we see a wave run through the city, destroying all the replicators. Yay! The end. It's all good, right? Everything's done. Just kidding. And as they disintegrate in front of the, in front of them, Jack and Woolsey are surprised, but the rest of the team is just super happy that worked. But yeah, they're like finally like the little turd in their pants. <laughs> yeah, it's just finally released. They can yeah they can release their sphincter a little bit. Yeah. So McKay actually offers up. That it was a group effort after Weir praises him. Like, that's growth. <laughs> he didn't claim that shit all for himself. Yeah. Good old plan D works every time. And Wolsey's like, what the actual fuck just went on? Yeah, can somebody please talk to me? And McKay admits they turned the shield into a giant replicator weapon. Jack figured that. He's seen Carter crack enough codes to know McKay was faking the issues with the brig door. Yep. Wolsey's like, serious? Really? I bought that entirely. A hook, line, and sinker. And Taylor's like, yeah, that was the point. Yeah, that's why we did that. And he's a little put off that they used him. Carson's like, 
you're alive and you're welcome. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I'd be like, fuck, thank God I'm dumb. Let's <laughs> yep. get out of here. Uh, gullible. Let's go have a pizza. Pretty sure my name's in the dictionary. Yep. So now they take to the control room and contact the Daedalus and go, please don't blow us up. Yeah. But I love this, though, because it's like, no, you're not out of the woods yet. Everybody no. thinks you're replicators. I do like that J Jack's like, see, you're good for something, Wolsey. <laughs> You're useful, sort of. So Daedalus is in hyperspace. They get the message supposedly from John on Atlantis, but since their codes are all invalidated, Caldwell's like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Jack's like, it's me. Is that yeah. fucking valid for yeah, you? Yeah, what do you want? I mean, he's not wrong no. to be like this. 100%. Yeah. And if that was enough, Weir lowers the shields and welcomes and the team down to check it out. They'll explain everything, and Caldwell's very looking forward to this explanation. Yeah, it'll be fun. Later that day, Jack finds Weir in her now empty office. Yep. Super conveniently, the replicators rebuilt the gate room and operations back to exactly totally. how it was. They can use the same sets. Yeah. Um, Jack checked out no tiny robots in his blood, which is always good to hear. Yeah. He has a history with nanites in his blood. You know, blood robots. Some of us are just more prone than others. Exactly. Um, and after all this, he wants to jump her home. A hot shower, hot toddy, hot... Sam. I'm sorry, what? You didn't say that out loud. Weir wants to know what's next for her and her team. Well, if it was up to Jack, Weir's like, it is up to you. Literally, it's your call. Right. Then uh, you can stay. <laughs> he needs the rubber stamp from the IOA still, but since you just saved Woolsey and Jack, pretty sure that won't be an issue. And Weir speaks for everyone. She says, thank you. Yeah. I, I so, I when I first watched this, I super misunderstood it to... Where I thought she was asking Jack to stay. Oh. And I was like, oh, this would be cool. <laughs> they can't afford RDA, but no. this would be cool. They, no, they can't. Um, and he's like, look, you came to rescue me. Um, but next time, maybe consider bringing Sam with you. Oh, he just wants to be able to kiss his hero oh, at the I end know. of the mission. Um, and he goes, welcome home. And he goes to walk past Weir, but Weir stops him. Gives him a hug, Aww. and he kind of freezes for a second, and eventually just kind of goes on into the hug. Dun, dun, dun. And they both smile, and he walks off, and Weir looks... She's like, you're going to be a person whether you want to or yeah. not. <laughs> exactly. Come hug me. We're going to person this moment. Yeah. Oh, I remember when it was like to hug people. That's a thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm grateful that I have a Jesse I can hug. Yeah, but like And other a Popo people. I can hug, but to just hug people... I don't know that I'll remember how to do it. Yeah, it's like a it's like a thing that like mythology said we used to hug people. I'm gonna have a hard time allowing people in my personal space. I'm gonna be honest. I'll be I, I will be honest for me. Yeah, as long as I know them. Yeah. I won't have an issue. But like strangers. Oh, absolutely, sure. forever. But I think just in general, it's gonna take me a while to be like. Why are you touching me? Do you have to sit this close to me? <laughs> Grace, we're all sharing a couch. Yeah, I know, but... Can I have, like, an extra foot? Do we have to? <laughs> um, but Weir looks back over her gate... her Like, to her gate room and her city and her home. They are home. Yay. We fade out. This really is her home now. Yeah. That's where she's gonna grow old. She's, this isn't a job anymore. Nope. The end! The end! This episode was fun. So does this mean we're, we've dealt with the replicators or just this set of replicators? That's a good question. 
Is there more replicators out there? It's a good question. It's like, is it just one anthill that we killed? Do you know it's another good question? Did those replicators leave behind those NPMs? <sighs> that would be important to learn. Um, will we use what will we use them for? Will we use them to get rid of the ori? What's going to happen with the wraith meet the ori? Who, like, is this going to be an alien versus predator situation? Because, like, uh, those Wraith are not going to bend to the Book of Origin. I want I want <laughs> Wraith versus Ori to be alien versus predator. Yeah. Except Swapsies, where the Ori is the aliens and the Wraith is the predator. Uh, because I like the predator and I have a soft spot in my heart for them. That's uh, because, yes, they're, they're cool. Yeah, and, uh... And uh, that's how this entire show is going to... Yeah, that's how everything's going to end. Uh, yeah. Yep. The Wraith is our new best friend. So next up, uh, SG-1, Line in the Sand. Speaking of the... The Ori, line must be drawn here! This no, far, no, no further! I'm going to watch a lot of First Contact. Dun, dun, dun. I actually really want to watch First Contact. Do it. Watch it. You know what else you're going to watch? What? The fucking Breakfast Club. Because <laughs> I'm not letting this episode end before I tell the world that Nixie has never watched The Breakfast Club Listen, all the way through. But say, yeah, I've seen the first part and I've seen the last part. I just haven't seen the part in the middle. The important part. <laughs> where they all learn that although they are different and stereotypes, they have things in common and they are friends. And can you tell communication space you're talking about? Yeah, I know. And also, the basket case is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world and possibly an inspiration to my latest D&D character. Um, I just want to share, just because those who have dogs in their lives understand this, um, I mentioned I went for a run before recorded, but I was too lazy to to do, like, to change or to do anything after the run. So... I'm just a giant salt lick. Yeah, there's a for dog. The dogs. Well, this dog in particular likes to just lick people. Yeah. I think he's part cat. It's very strange. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just a salt lick right yeah. now for him. Is Auntie Nixie, you taste like salt, and I'm gonna lick I it. like salt. Okay, guys, we'll see you next week yeah, with we're some like SGC. losing it. Okay. Thanks for sticking around. It's been a weird one. Yeah. We got drunk too early and too fast. <laughs> too fast for Grace. Um,. Until next week, you know where to find us. You know where to send all those wrecks that I don't know. I haven't checked to see if anybody sent any I haven't either. Uh, but, um, you know, raise your glass to Cliff Simon um, and to all of the SG family who's probably feeling it right now. Uh, we love you. Find us on Twitter at Jarrah Podcast. Find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. Email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. I have a puppy on my lap. <laughs> like us, rate us, review us. <laughs> Patreon something. Uh, we love you guys. That's a, a big giant puppy too. Okay, bye. bye.